Tech fans, it's time for Up With the White and Gold with GT John Watts and Jeremy the Impact York. This is our weekly drive right through Techwood into Bobby Dodd Stadium to talk all things Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Right now, I want to bring on the uh, the uh, special co-host for the night, even though he's co-host every every night, I guess. Uh, how you doing, John? Um... I mean, that was a, you know, a rough Thursday night last week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, one of those kind of games that was starting out good, like, okay, we're still rolling, and then just got away. Not too much, but, you know, enough. We couldn't recover, so, you know, that that win streak of Brent P just kind of got halted and, Yeah, I kind of I kind of blame some of that on the short week because, especially for a new coaching staff. I mean, you did get the bye week, but like a new coaching staff having to like play on short notice like that, it, I think that has something to do with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely on that, and you know, issues with players. That's not not any better this week. Yeah, it's, oh. those kind of things are going to happen. But the game he is referring to, ladies and gentlemen, because I did a terrible job of setting it up, was uh, where the Virginia Cavaliers visited Bobby Dodd and our beloved Yellow Jackets and was able to steal a victory 16-9. to uh, Armstrong for them. I mean, he did throw for 255 and a touchdown. It was nice that he threw two interceptions. I am going to say those were more on – more on the tech defense making good plays than him making mistakes, which was nice. Uh, Armstrong was actually the leading rusher. That It just continues to be a little bit of an issue that yardage in the middle of the field and a uh, mobile quarterback are things that Georgia Tech is not ready to stop yet. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, like I said, it started out well, but then, you know, they kind of took over from there. Uh, like I mentioned, Brian Armstrong had that, that touchdown uh, in that first quarter. Mm-hmm. And points, and they took the lead and went out, kept it for the rest of the game. But, yeah, definitely um, seeing them so just right down the middle of the open field. Like you said, the mobile quarterback. And the defense is just not was not ready, ready for that. And uh, the defense definitely had some work there on the – Preventing that kind of rush, but you know, just not not covering like they should, or you know, covering they are covering what they want, and just they're finding the yeah. uh, whole and just covering it and that, and make, never make it easy of it. Yeah, and, and before I, I mentioned the the Georgia Tech offense, uh, the fact that this offensive line gave up eight sacks that's that's a terrible number. Four would be bad. Eight is just uh, not good at all, especially when they had three different players, I think, or maybe two different players. No, nope, three different players that had two, and then uh, the other two sacks were split among three players. Uh, you can't give up eight sacks and win a ball game. It's just usually not something that does happen. But, I mean, there were a few bright spots for Tech. I mean, Sims did get dinged up, and we got to see Gibson play a little bit. That that was showing a little bit of promise. The only problem is is that the team is set up for Sims right now, 
So what Gibson brings to the table, just it 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 didn't mesh as, as good as it should. But, you know, beyond that, it, it seems like receivers were getting open. It's just the quarterbacks were getting sacked before they could throw to them. Yeah, I mean, after a certain amount of sack, I was starting to wonder if I needed to look up and see what the record was for how many sacks didn't allow in the game. Um, it's just kind of rough. It's like, okay, maybe we'll go. Um, he wasn't really making that decision to throw away when he needed to. Um, so it was just constant. I mean, between the line, not being able to block and uh, just kind of not really throwing the ball away, trying to do too much, I think, to try to make plays happen. And, uh, I mean, like I said, eight sacks is way too much. Yeah. Now, now the, the there is a, a bright side. There, there's always a bright side. Um, it, it only drops you to three and four. You uh, just need to win three of the next, what, five games? Yeah, three of the next five games in order to qualify for bowl contention. Uh, you are two and two in your conference, which is you're tied with Duke, and you hold the tiebreaker uh, over them. So right now you're actually second place in your division. UNC is 3-0 and in the conference, so they'll need a couple losses. But you're not out of the conference race, and you're not out of bowl contention. So you're still kind of looking up. Yep, yeah. yeah, definitely there. Um, I mean, UNC, it was close against Duke, so we, I mean, almost um, had a loss there for them. Um, mm-hmm. And they, let's see, and with UNC, you know, they've got Pitt, Virginia, Wake Forest, um, us, and NC State. So, I mean, their their last five games are all ACC games, so. I mean, if we can, we've got uh, FSU, Miami, Virginia Tech. So, I mean, yeah, like I said, it's definitely possible there. Um, so, if it's kind of, I mean, if we can see, I mean, USC versus Wake Forest, I mean, ideally, I mean, Wake Forest right now, right, number 10, um, should have that one. So, I think that would be a loss for them. But, you know, again, you never know. Um, right. But yeah, definitely, uh, still, still viable on paper. So we can I'm still continue to kind of look forward and one game at a time, and maybe we can get there. And still looking for that, you know, that fourth win of the season, improve on the last three years. So I think you know one game at a time, and we'll see where we can go with that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, like I said, I mean, it, it could be worse. Uh, you could have, instead of losing 16-9 to on Thursday night, you could have lost 41-17 to on Wednesday night. Uh, you know, we just recorded Panthers on right before we recorded this show. and uh, Yeah, it, it, it looked worse for, for the compadres down the road. So I definitely like that Georgia Tech is looking up. Whether Brent Key is your, is your coach going or not, we will. I think by the end of the year we'll know one way or the other, but I, there's there's still a lot of signs of things being done right and a lot of positivity. So I, I I'm okay with where Tech is. I wish they were a little higher up, but I, I'm okay with where they're at right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, kind of what we talked about before is it's 
highly possible that we wait till the end of the season to figure out something. Um, I think it'll be good. Going to let the season play out. Um, just to get an idea of where we are. Because, um, uh, like we said, in the last three, three, last three years, we had three wins each under Jeff Collins. This year, Jeff Collins had one. Now, my Brent Key comes in. He's two and one. So, I mean, definitely still promise there. Um, kind of as you mentioned before, the team was kind of built around stems. We need to kind of learn that we need to build a system that any kind of quarterback would come in and run. Um, it's, we need that, clearly, that one stem is out. You've got to kind of almost prepare that if your main quarterback hurt, that the second one or third one could come in and at least run the offense somehow. So I think, I mean, even with that loss last week, that, you know, a touchdown difference, that bringing the back a quarterback, I mean, it could have been a whole lot worse. But at least oh yeah, um, trying to keep us in the game there. So I think um, just a little key area to work on throughout the season. Yeah, I definitely think so. Like I said, we all know there's going to be some change going on, uh, even if they keep key around. There's going to be some change. There's going to be some roster turnover. There's going to be some different things there. But like I said, the fact that you're you're hanging in there in not only the conference but uh, in bowl contention, I mean, I mean, there's still a lot to to cheer for and get behind. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, I mean. Things can happen. I mean, we still have several weeks left of um, games to play. So, really, anything could happen. Yep, it definitely could. Uh, we're going to take a short break and tell you a little bit about our friends at BetOnline.net, and we will be right back. Hi, this is Jeremy the Impact York from Strong Style, Board Check, and That Sports Show. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, including this year's opening games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back. It's up with the white and gold. He's GT John Watts. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. We appreciate you returning. Make sure to visit our friends at betonline.net. They have the articles, they have the betting lines, they have the podcasts. They will make you a smarter fan even if you don't wager with them because maybe you're in a place where it's not legal to do so. Make sure to wager responsibly. If you have a problem, there's a lot of helplines you can find. But uh, betonline.net, fantastic place to uh, be a smarter fan. Uh, Before we took the break, we talked about the loss to Virginia and how there are some things to look forward to tech-wise. Real quick, we already know, I mean, Jay Bat. I will say his name correctly. I may not spell it correctly in any of the things I posted, but <laughs> any of the things I put, I don't, I think it autocorrected or something. I, I couldn't believe that it was on like half of them and not the other one. So, Mr. Bat, I apologize. And Mr. Key, uh, 
still owe you lunch at the varsity if you'll hit me up. We want to get into a couple head coaching candidates real quickly, and then we will preview the uh, game against FSU this weekend. So I will turn it over to you and say who is your next coaching candidate. So I think for the last couple of weeks, we've kind of really delved into some good people. Um, for this week, the guy I chose is one that kind of came up early on um, as a, a popular vote, I would say. Um, so I'm going to go with um, Primetime, Deion Sanders. I think I've heard of him. Um, know of him, whether he wanted to be, um, move up to a power five, he wanted to move away from Jackson State, and you know, we talked about in the previous ones that you know, he definitely said he would entertain it. Uh, he said it multiple times that if someone came calling, he would definitely have to entertain it. Um, yeah. Right? You know, if you don't, if you don't really follow NFL or any other sports, um most anyone who does understands where he's from. Um, he, you know, played played here in Atlanta for his career with you know, Athens Braves. Um, I feel anyone in Atlanta knows where he's from, but you know, he has that charisma that he brings everywhere he kind of goes. Um, but recently, he was the head state, or what? Is became the head state. Um, wow, I'm just messing this all up. Head coach <laughs> of Jackson State, where he's done really well. Um, the team's done really well under him. Recruiting wise, he's done pretty well. Uh, he, last year, the number one overall recruit, Travis Hunter, was committed to Florida State. Um, Travis Hunter is, you know. Here from here near in Atlanta, Collins High School, Collins Hill High School. Um, I just have to edit me completely out of this podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm just glad it's not me fumbling over words this time. It's always <laughs> me. So, <laughs> anyway, so um, you got him to switch from Florida State down to Jackson State, um, and he's gotten a good number of crews and transfers to come down there. Um, they are actually undefeated this season, uh, so he's doing really well down there. Um, I think some of the, the I think some of the well that recruiting is one of the things we talked about. It's really, really difficult here in Atlanta. Um, not only with that school and that's further up in the state. I mean, we're right around. You have other schools around, like Clemson, Alabama, uh, Auburn. I mean, a lot of these schools that do a lot of recruiting, and a lot of schools come down to Atlanta to recruit, so it's even harder to do it straight from the city that your school's in. But, I mean, it does have that um, potential there. Um, some of the drawbacks, I think, would be um, is, it, is it more of a that fame than kind of what was fit here. Um, you know, the fame, the lack of experience as a head coach, um, some people talk about that he really kind of designs the team however he wants to, and it may not necessarily fit into the requirements of the student athletes at Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting. Um, so again, you know, would he want to come here um, over and some of the other schools that are open, like 
if um, I haven't really kept up, I apologize. But if Auburn's still looking for a coach, would he rather go to an SEC school like Auburn versus us? But you know, I think I don't know personally. I don't think he's a good fit, but I was just throwing it out there because you know the name has been out there. But I don't yeah. know. And there's, you know, I, I've tried to downplay it the entire time people have said it, but there's been uh, somebody brought up a really good point the other day about him potentially coming to Tech to take over. And also something happened on a more national scale that um, I, I think just it, it makes me it makes me downplay it less that actually if he were to consider it, this is the kind of thing he brings to the table. Uh, the point somebody made was that if he takes a bigger gig than uh, leading one of the top HBSUs, or HBCUs, rather. See, now it's my turn to mess him up again. Um, if he leaves there for ACC or SEC, well, his quarterback, his starting quarterback happens to be one of his sons, and that would be an easy transfer and an easy way to propel his son into a bigger stage. And I was like, you know what? I didn't think about that. Dion has always been about promoting his kids and the kids he coaches. He's a really good coach. He does he does do a lot for the kids. It it, it is more about the kids and the fame. He uses his fame to do that. Uh, that that was a pretty good point. And then for people who don't know, college game day is going to be. I don't know if the game is at Jackson State or if it's at Southern, but it is a big HBCU, which are historically black colleges and universities. Yeah, that is two of the biggest programs, and they are playing each other in a big rivalry game this week. Saturday, the whole crew of College Game Day is going to be on the campus of wherever that game is being played. That's the kind of thing Dion brings to the table, because if this was just a normal rivalry game between a couple HBCUs, College Game Day ain't coming anywhere close to that. I, they can say whatever they want. ESPN can get mad at me. That's fine. You know it's true. But when Deion Sanders is the head coach and he brings as much attention to uh, HBCUs and Jackson and, and Southern and, and this rivalry, they had no choice, but they had to go down there. So if he did come to Tech, expect he's going to bring his son as the quarterback, which, you know, depending on how you feel about Sam, Sims could be a good or bad thing. His kid's going to instantly be ready for to play in the system and then also expect the attention that things like College Game Day and ESPN are going to pay you more attention. Yeah, definitely. Um, as you mentioned, yeah, College Game Day is going down to Mississippi Veterans Memorial Stadium at Jackson State this week. Um, there you go. This is Jackson. Okay. Um, they, like I said, they're playing Southern, another – you know, heavy popular HBCU. Um, and this game, this rivalry the two schools have, go back to 1929. Um, and they've been playing each other every year since 1958. So, wow. you know, it's a heavy thing going on there. And you've got you know, undefeated Jackson State, like we said before. Um, and I think, like I said, it's very popular, the kind of become more popular, and I think a lot of that draw there um, outside of you no know, prime time drawing right. has been down there. 
So definitely, um, I think some of that is definitely you know, building up that program that he's doing down there. Um, yeah. He's doing I mean, a great job, so I, mean, I think it would be valuable elsewhere. But, you know, on the flip side of that, like you said, or, I mean, is that something he would want to walk away from now that he's really you know, building that, that up? They're getting yep. the more elsewhere and more exposure. So I don't know if that's really something he would want to walk away. But like you said, um mentioned, you know, promoting his son to, you know, bigger areas, but, I mean, now they're getting this, so I don't know. Um, I don't know if that would be something people would want to walk away What what really, what would drive them more. And like I, like, I, like I told you beforehand, when you mentioned who your candidate was going to be tonight, and I know who my candidate's about to be, and I know the team that they're about to play this weekend, boy, is there going to be a theme tonight. Because for people who don't know, Deion Sanders went to Florida State. Who do they play this week? Florida State. Who is my candidate? He's the current offensive coordinator and offensive line coach for Florida State. It's Alex Atkins. <laughs> it's a Florida State kind of night here on Up With The White and Gold. It's just, it's really funny that, because for one, I had no idea who you were going to pick. You had no idea who I was going to pick. And I did not remember, I really thought it was Virginia Tech this week. I forgot that it was Florida State first. So, people who don't know who Alex Atkins is, um, he is one who has been on a fast track. He got, uh, in 2014, he was the offensive line coach at Georgia Southern. Uh, he was named the associate head coach of Tulane just two years later, which is really, really fast jump up. Uh, in 2019, Charlotte hired him as the offensive coordinator. And in 2020, he moved to Florida State as the offensive line coach. It's just as of this year, I believe, that he has taken over offensive uh, play calling duties and offensive coordinating. And they are currently off to a pretty good start. And last time I checked, it's not their offense holding back down there in Seminole land. So uh, he brings he brings a lot. He's very good at recruiting. He's he, They say that he's one of those people that once or when he gets your attention, he then – he has your attention. So that that's going to help a lot with recruits because sometimes you, you can kind of lose focus and lose their attention on different things or other offers. Everybody says that usually once once he gets yes, you're not moving anywhere. So uh, I want to give a shout out to media friend of the show, Bryce Kuhn, who covers the Tech Yellow Jackets for 24-7 Sports. And uh, he had an article, but I also heard part of a podcast he did uh, a little while back where he mentioned Atkins as kind of a uh, off-the-radar pick, but at the same time, Atkins is going to be a head coach somewhere soon, so why not Georgia Tech? Yeah. So uh, in a little couple more things that are kind of weird on this. Um, you know, before I was even thinking about going to Georgia Tech, I was a fan of FSU. Um, FSU, I mean, definitely – had I not been worried about um, getting that, that hope scholarship to stay in state, FSU mm-hmm. was definitely the top of my places to go. Uh, even today, picking up my six-year-old from school, apparently it was where your favorite sports stuff to school, and the you know, the teacher that brought Charlie to the car was wearing an FSU jersey. 
<laughs> so <laughs> definitely been on an FSU thing this week. Um, it is a it is FSU day for people who don't know. <laughs> right, apparently I missed the, I missed the memo. Um, but, <laughs> Gosh, yeah, I'm gonna have to find, I'm gonna have to find my my Chris Winky jersey somewhere. Oh, <laughs> didn't he go there? Did I get that right? Oh yeah, that's that's uh, Heisman winner Chris Winky. Yeah, from, uh, he, I mean he won the Heisman at age like 36. It was just really crazy how he won that, and then still played in the league. And you know, good for Chris Winky. He he's not gonna get a shout out on any other podcast but this one. So shout out to him. And let's just make this even weirder. The year that uh, Chris Wanky uh, won the Heisman Trophy was uh, Brent Key's last year as a player at Tech. <laughs> we can't make this stuff up, folks. We really can't. And we we could try, and it wouldn't be as good. But uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I never think it was definitely good. Um, you know, again. So. Well, I mean, does he what again? You know, recently moving into that role after you know, Kenny Dillingham went to Oregon, um, that something he would want to move away from. After you know, getting into that pretty recently, um, but I mean, I definitely agree with what he's done uh, for FSU. Would definitely be a good fit. Um, yeah, but, you know. and and if we know anything about the way Georgia Tech does their recent hire. All these people that we are taking the time to explain and present to everybody, they're probably going completely off the board. So, you know, it's at least good to figure out people with these other with these other candidates because we honestly have no idea who they're going to pick. Clearly, after our our pick for AD. Yeah, yeah, we we <laughs> had uh, we had four solid picks, uh, including Doug Gillen with App State that just. Had a fantastic week at Georgia State with Nathan Pine and Mike Buddy and uh, and, and uh, Graham Neff. I think were were all four that we mentioned, and all of those people are still employed where they are. And they picked Jay Bat, and we I don't know why we didn't think Jay Bat. Maybe he was next on the list for us. Well, maybe he was on somebody's list. He wasn't on mine. I wasn't looking there. But, <laughs> hey, but again, yeah. But yeah, I think that was going to work out. But all right, let's move real quickly into the game this week. And in case you've been under a rock for the last handful of minutes, yep, it's Florida State week. So they're going to mm-hmm. play against the Florida Florida State down uh, down in Seminole land. Florida State is only four and three. They started off a really hot start. I think they started off four and zero oh, and have dropped the last yep. three. So. They're on a skid. They're looking to kind of pick things up. Four and three versus three and four. They are a 24-point favorite. This, this is a noon kickoff on ACC Network. What are your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I mean, that line, I think, a lot of revolves around the FSU rushing uh, attack and the struggles that we've been seeing at the line. You know, we talked last week. I just – not ability to get after the quarterback um, last week. He's very mobile. Um, they're a heavy rush tech. Um, so that's, I mean, I know we always talk about the three keys in a game, but um, I'll say it in a minute on there. This is going to be the biggest thing is stopping the rush. 
having that line block and really do that. I mean, that's I mean their biggest thing this year is really getting uh, through that. So I think uh, it. I don't know about 24 minus 24. That seems a little harsh, but yeah. uh, it's definitely going to be a hard game. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. And, and without even really getting into the numbers or anything like that. Uh, yeah, they're they're going to be rush heavy. It's got a lot to do with that. Atkins is the offensive line coach as well, and he set that line up to uh, pretty much bulldoze anybody they want. That's that's going to be definitely be a lineup there. And you mentioned it, so uh, we'll get into the three keys of the game real quickly. Um, I will I will echo what you just said, and I'll say one key is that you have to win at the line of scrimmage, and that includes the defensive. Back, I mean, the defensive tackles and defensive ends have got to find some way to uh, get in get in the A-gaps and the B-gaps and do something about this rushing attack. Yes, and definitely that's uh, – both kind of hit on that, so I definitely agree there. It's just um, really going to have to kind of bark at the line and uh, do a lot better than we have in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, what would you say is the second – key to the game? Um, I was really honing in on that one. Um, I guess we kind of keep the same every week is uh, turnovers. Um, yeah. We, we've been kind of struggling in that area. I'll say that every week we struggled in that historically. Um, and those making um sorry making um good plays not uh I'm just off today um <laughs> it is it is it's because it's FSU day and and we were completely blindsided by this <laughs> but yeah no definitely I mean um we they basically said that Sims is not not going to be playing this week um so we will be relying on Gibson um, and uh, possibly seeing the freshman uh, quarterback come in as well. He was not, uh, as I said, he's a freshman, therefore he's not really ever seen a game yet. Um, so working with that and uh, making smart plays uh, to not turn the ball over and you know, trying to work on giving them turn over the ball um, in that you know, their rushing attack. So, uh, I think, again, turnovers, I'll, I'll say it every week pretty much. Um, just kind of control that. Yeah, I, I think so. And so, to recap real quickly, uh, we both kind of echoed, or I actually echoed what you said. Uh, key number one is, I don't know that you're going to necessarily stop the rushing attack, but try to uh, the The defensive line is has got to try to penetrate, penetrate the gaps and just get some sort of pressure there to to make them change some things up. Uh, Number two, as you said, they've got to win the turnover battle. They they can't – Sims is not starting. So, you know, the backup, Gibson and and the freshman, if they get – if whoever gets to play, just uh, don't get too excited. Keep it – keep everything in front of you. Just, uh, you know, try not to get uh, too too over into it and make mistakes. And I think number three – Three 
I'm going to echo this. I've been saying this for a couple weeks on a couple different shows. No special teams blunders. I didn't say the word mistakes. I said blunders. There's a difference. A mistake is, uh, okay, we should have done a protection right, not a protection left, and, and we didn't get a big return. No, a blunder is when you get a kick blocked, a punt blocked, you kick one out of bounds, a kickoff out of bounds, any of these things that are, are so basic that it's it's just crazy when you can't do them right. Um, let's just try not to get punts blocked. That that would be great. But no special teams blunders, I think, is where I'm going to go with it. Yeah, uh, it's definitely been a thing this year. I think we had like one game where we didn't have a blocked punt. Um, so it's definitely the you know, control of areas and all the special teams. Um, I think we both said it that um, there, there are times during the year that our schools that we follow definitely put the um, special and special teams the way they play sometimes. And it's just, uh, it's, it's been rough. So, yeah, I'll definitely concur on that. Yeah. But as we said, where is it? Just had it in front of me. It's got to love when a screen resets right as you're trying to look at it. Uh, game this weekend is a noon kickoff on the ACC network. It's down in Florida State territory, but uh, I, I still feel like Georgia Tech has a chance in this game. I think this is one of the uh, definitely one of the winnable games they have left. That uh, you know you only need three wins, and if you can go down there and kind of stun Florida State, maybe you can attract that offensive coordinator to want to jump ship and join you next time around. But um, I think that's going to do it for us this week. You got anything else? No. Uh, that's pretty good. Um, I don't know if you just purposely said Florida State or Seminole Land uh, or you just forgot where it was. But <laughs> A little but, bit of both. Yeah. Uh, hold on. It is in, and I'm not typing this, it is in no, that's that's Florida. It is the Tallahassee is where the Seminoles play. Uh, Almost said the other place, and that would not have been good. No. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, definitely is good. Um, but, yeah, no, I think, I think that, that's really good to wrap it up this week and see things, see how things go on noon on Saturday. Yep, it's it's going to be a fun watch. Uh, I, I'm excited to, to watch. I know you guys will all be excited, too, as well. But that's going to do it for us for Up With the White and Gold. He's GT John Watts. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. We will see you guys next week. Go Jackets.